0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast where current and aspirational entrepreneurs can learn skills and get inspired to take their business to the next level. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Shannon Murphy-Robinson. Shannon is the co-founder of Brain Skills at Work, and she's co-authored a book called *The Neuroscience of Inclusion: New Skills for New Times*. Shannon, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Ellen. It's such a pleasure to
0: be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Your work is so interesting. But let's start out. You, um, let's start out just with some basics about what you do. You and your business partner Mary Casey have done a deep dive into neuroscience. So, what set you on this path in the first place? What led you to do that?
1: You know, it's an it's an interesting story as as uh, you know many of us have. Mary and I are long-term diversity and inclusion, leadership development and cultural agility consultants. So, we've been doing a lot of work in this area for a long time and came to the neuroscience through a somewhat unexpected route for myself. It's been a long-standing passion of Mary's, and for myself, 11 years ago, my youngest daughter was born with Down syndrome. And when she was born, I knew very little about Down syndrome, and it turned out the little bit that I did know was wrong. It was all old stereotypes, old misinformation, all through a lens of can't, won't, couldn't, shouldn't, you know, all limitations. And as a parent, I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. And so her first year of life was like a crash course, reading anything and everything I could get my hands on, from genetics to cellular biology, biochemistry, and neuroscience. And I had the opportunity to go to the Institutes for the Achievement of Human Potential, which work with children with a broad range of issues. And as long as it's brain-based, that's their specialty. And I learned a lot about neuroplasticity and the ability of the brain to change and rewire. And the deeper I went in the neuroscience, the more excited I got. Because I realized this isn't helpful just for my daughter, Annabelle. This is helpful for everyone. Because if you heard, Ellen, and I'm sure many people have, that for a long time, the thought was by the time you got to be an adult, you know, what you have is basically fixed, right? Sure. That, sure. Yeah, that was sort of the prevailing wisdom for a long time. And not only that, but we were told, you know, if you partied a lot in college, those brain cells were dropping off dead. Well, wow! now what we know is that's not entirely true. Our brain builds new brain cells our entire life. Our brains, even as adults, build new connections and new wiring our entire life. Every single day, our brain can be building new connections. And so understanding that really offers a new path. And especially with all the advances in the technology that now allow the neuroscientists to study the brain in real time, we have a lot more information. And Mary and I just got really excited uh, and did this deep dive into all of the research because we saw it as really a tremendous opportunity for a new path to be more effective leaders and more inclusive and be able to create sustained behavior change. So we did a deep dive both in the research for our book. uh, We also, along the way, achieved advanced certification as neurobusiness coaches with Dr. Sriny Pile, who teaches at the Harvard Medical School. And we really wanted to make sure that we were grounded in the science. However, our big focus is on application. I suppose that's, you know, being trainers and consultants, you know, it's one thing to read a study, but then we were always looking at, and we always look at it as, okay, so what? How can that help leaders? How can that help people be more effective? So a lot of our work has been taking a lot of the neuroscience research and then translating it into practical skills and tools and things that business owners and leaders and employees within organizations can use.
0: That That's very exciting. And it, it is so interesting and, and encouraging to know that we can make changes even in our own brains um, far beyond childhood. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. And that's
1: where it becomes really hopeful.
0: Yeah, because it sounds to me like then you can um, purposefully, I, I guess you can create what you wish once you understand this you know they say that our thoughts are so powerful and have unlimited potential right so if you can learn how to rewire the brain it it seems like a very powerful tool to have at your disposal
1: yeah it really it really does because we can now engage in it's called self-directed neuroplasticity which is basically exactly what you're saying is we can now be more conscious about the so new wiring that we lay down in our brain. So when we can really help people. So when it comes to business leaders, for instance, and business owners, there's tremendous things and that we can do to increase our performance and and uh, success.
0: Ooh, let's hear about some of those. I'm sure that there's so many ways we get in our own way all the time.
1: There are, and that's that's. Interestingly, where the brain actually can work both for us and against us. And as business owners, it can be really helpful to understand the ways that the brain can trip us up so that we can really consciously minimize those things and then really leverage the ways that the brain can help us. For instance, I'll give a couple quick examples. For instance, one of the things that can trip us up, especially as business owners and entrepreneurs, is the brain is designed essentially on a basic level to protect us. You know, it's it's when you look at how the brain developed over time and you've got the The lower or reptilian brain, that's all about the fight, flight, survival, autonomic nervous system, all those things. And then the limbic region, which developed after that, which is around memory and learning and emotions. And then the neocortex and especially the prefrontal cortex, which are the newest parts of the brain. And that prefrontal cortex is our powerhouse of executive thought and reasoning. And as business owners... That's what we want to be able to access easily. It's where we really are going to be able to do our best work and be most effective. However, where it can get challenging is all that old survival circuitry is alive and well in the brain. And so it can absolutely trip us up. So in many ways, one of the things we help leaders understand is that the brain is built on the defensive and that can get triggered really easily uh, by threats in the environment, by pressure, stress, uh, social threats, psychological threats. You know, it used to be lions, tigers, and bears, but in the modern workplace, it may be now the market has changed. And suddenly, as a business owner, you have to pivot and be agile. So, the brain, for instance, and change can be challenging. Um, and can trigger some of the defensive circuitry in the brain, and then we're less effective as business owners and entrepreneurs because we lose access to our best thinking. Uh, One of the things, being an entrepreneur myself, I know at times uh, I've had to be very aware of when I'm going into, say, fear. Uh, Let's say that uh, big project that was, Looking like it was going to go at a certain time, and then suddenly everything got delayed. As an entrepreneur, you know, I look at that in terms of cash flow and all the other pieces, and it's easy to freak out and it's easy to have the brain go, ah! And yet, when we do that and all that defensive circuitry comes online in the brain, it makes it really challenging for the brain to see possibilities and to see options. And yet, in those moments, as entrepreneurs and business owners, that's exactly when we need to see those different options and other possibilities so that we can ebb and flow and be able to ride those changes uh, that happen a lot more effectively.
0: Those sound like some powerful tools to have at your disposal. That's wonderful. Do you, um... Do you ever take that one step further and help your clients understand how to appeal to their customers or their clients by knowing how the brain works and what people respond to? You know, we talk
1: about that in terms of influencing effectively because a lot of times we want to be able to influence, but we may not always have the position or the authority or the power to influence and when we can be in the higher brain and we can really think about things from someone else's perspective, we can do that a lot more effectively because the higher brain or that prefrontal cortex, what we call the prior, the higher brain, is where we can hold multiple perspectives. It's where we can access empathy and be able to try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and perspective. You know, we never can 100%, but we can try to imagine uh, what it what it would be like, what would be important to them, what sort of outcomes they may be uh, really wanting to achieve, and that higher brain is critical in terms of being able to influence and see things from their perspective so that then as we are talking about our services, our products, whatever they are, we're really positioning those benefits from the other person's perspective, not from ours. And that absolutely is something that we can learn to do and, the, and be able to help move that along because the brain doesn't, like to be uncomfortable and change requires some discomfort. And if we're wanting someone to change vendors or we're wanting to change to our product from a product that they had used, we have to be able to have enough benefit in there that their brain would be able to look at it and say, okay, you know what? There'll be some discomfort in the change, but the, the benefits, absolutely outweigh that otherwise they'll stay status quo
0: Mm, that makes a lot of sense and shannon i want to shift gears a little bit here because a lot of your work centers around inclusion and the neuroscience of inclusion in fact that is um right in the title of your book so tell me a little more about that
1: sure and that that is that's of course a core central part of our work Because when it comes to inclusion, what the neuroscience research is making really clear, Ellen, is that, again, this theme of where the brain can work both for us and against us, and when it comes to inclusion, the brain can absolutely trip us up, no matter how good our intentions may be, to be inclusive, And so a lot of what we talk about and teach both in the book and then also in our training is to help people understand what are some of those key dynamics of the brain that work against us in being inclusive and how can we work and become more skillful at managing those to really leverage the ways that the brain can work for us. I'll give you an example. For instance, one of the ways the brain absolutely works for us is there's all sorts of inherent social wiring in the brain that helps us connect with other people. It helps us engage in empathy. Uh, It helps us harmonize with others, be able to thrive together. However, it comes with a pretty big caveat. And a lot of that social circuitry was studied by uh, Matt Lieberman, who runs the UCLA Cognitive Neuroscience Lab. And so that circuitry is there. However, the caveat is, is it will engage readily if my brain sees you as like myself for whatever reason. However, if my brain doesn't see you as like me, and maybe it's a difference that's unfamiliar or even causes discomfort, that social circuitry in the brain doesn't engage. So for instance, there's empathy studies that show that if someone is perceived as different, the empathy centers in the brain don't engage. Uh, So it becomes really important to understand what some of these different dynamics are so that we can really create more
0: inclusive behavior and and in a more sustained way oh wow that's that's absolutely fascinating <laughs> so Shannon um I guess taking that one step further do you think people are prewired to have bias I mean can we get past that um so I guess first I'll have you answer that question are, are we prewired? but then some of it I, I suppose is taught also
1: yeah and that's so interesting because I'm sure many of you Ellen as well as many of your listeners how many of you've heard you know don't have biases having biases is bad I know I sure got that message as
0: a kid Sure absolutely
1: Yep and and biases so we've been told biases are bad don't judge a book by its However
0: this is again where
1: neuroscience becomes really is what is crystal clear is that essentially the brain is a bias-making machine, and there's no way around it uh, for anyone. So if you're human, you're gonna have biases. Some of the biases we might be conscious of. A lot of the biases are unconscious, and we don't even realize that they're sitting in the brain. Uh, you know, when we were in when we were researching. Uh, the different types of biases that have been identified and studied as a thing Uh, for our book. It was interesting because I had this whole stack of research on my desk. And one day I was curious and I thought, hmm, I wonder how many different kinds of cognitive biases have been identified and studied. And so I started counting all the different ones. There were over 175 different types of cognitive biases that the brain can engage at any one time.
0: My goodness. Wow. Yeah,
1: so, so to think that we can get over our biases isn't the way the brain actually works. So instead what we want to do is recognize, you know what, the brain is a bias-making machine. So as business owners, as leaders, it becomes really important to know that and take responsibility for our biases and then work to make sure that they don't have any negative impact on others. I'll give you an example. For instance, the brain has an inherent us-them bias, which again ties back to survival circuitry. You know, very quickly we had to ascertain friend or foe. So now put that in a modern-day context. How long, and a question for you, Ellen, how long do you think it takes your unconscious brain to determine if someone is like you or not like
0: you? I'm guessing it's a really short time, like a couple of seconds.
1: Even shorter,
0: 200 milliseconds.
1: Oh, my goodness. I know. And that Quickly, the unconscious brain has already made an instantaneous determination like me, not like me, comfortable, not comfortable. Are you in us or are you with them? Uh, and then it plays out differently. If my brain sees you as in us, whatever that means for each individual, uh, then it's easy for that social circuitry to engage. This is why you see, for instance, the interview studies where if the person conducting the interview uh, is similar to the person that's being interviewed, and it might be education, it might be where they went to college, it might be gender, culture, whatever it may be, if they're, they are perceived as similar, that social circuitry engages. Those interviews tend to last longer, 15 minutes on average. There's more social chit-chat up front. Uh, If the brain, conversely, doesn't see the individual as like them in those interview settings, the interviews end on average 15 minutes early. There's not that social chit-chat and rapport building and the interview person actually sits a little bit farther away physically in the interview. You know, and so that's, that's part of that us-them response of the brain. So it either sends a toward signal where it's very easy to connect or it sends a, ooh, I'm not so sure signal, which actually sends a little bit of an away response in the brain. Biases are just part of the way it's wired, you know, and then we can layer on to that everything we've been exposed to in terms of, of messages and stereotypes and uh, societal biases, historic biases, you know, those sorts of
0: things, then just add even more layers to that. Well, that's fascinating. And, of course, these days there's a lot of work being done to help alleviate or eliminate unconscious biases, not that you maybe ever could eliminate them. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I guess, becoming aware is the first step to being able to adjust for these biases.
1: It it is. And that's what makes unconscious bias uh, where it can really be challenging is, first, people need to recognize that, yes, everyone has unconscious biases. And in fact, we can have unconscious biases sitting in our brain that if we could pull them out and look at them we wouldn't even believe or agree with. But if we've been exposed to those messages, they, they're in there. You know, part of it is the unconscious brain processes over 11 million bits of incoming sensory data every second. So the unconscious brain captures a lot of information that's outside of our conscious awareness. And it can take as little as two to three exposures to an image or a message uh, to create a bias. Uh, Because the reason for that, it's called the mere exposure effect, is once the brain has seen something a couple of times or three times, it feels familiar. And when something feels familiar to the brain, that signals cognitive ease, which the brain equates as truth. So it can become really uh, easy for these different unconscious biases to be sitting in our brain. However, we still have choices. And that is where we can recognize, yep, you know what, I do have unconscious biases, so how do I become aware of them, and how can I constantly be on the lookout for them? Because sometimes we might not even realize it. Uh, I was doing a training up in a fairly remote area uh, for a state, and the national park workers were there as part of the uh, participants. And one of the National Park Service uh, people came up after during a break and were talking to me about their passion and all the things they'd been reading around behavioral neuroscience. And it was interesting because I remembered – When I reflected back on that conversation later in the day, that in the moment, I was surprised. And then I had to ask myself, okay, what unconscious biases may have been at play that I was surprised that this person was interested in behavioral neuroscience? Was it because they were in a uniform and I had some unconscious biases or expectations around that? Did I have some unconscious biases or expectations around what I perceived as an educational level or interest level being really nature oriented or, you know, so there were some unconscious assumptions and biases at play and it wasn't until I noticed that I was surprised that I could start to peel back some of that. So as business owners and leaders, it becomes really important to be able to constantly check our thinking, constantly check our assumptions. In fact, we created a a bias checklist uh, for leaders that we train people in in our training classes specifically for that reason, because we've got to be really, oh, what would the word be? I guess really vigilant about checking our thinking. Because the biases are there and if we don't check those assumptions and check for those biases, we can unintentionally act on them or unintentionally have them negatively impact other people.
0: Well, wow, that's really fascinating. What, what a different and better world it would be if more people knew about uh, what you teach and your work here. Um I want to ask you, you, you teach leaders about brain states in your book and in your work. How can that be helpful for business leaders?
1: You know, brain states is really helpful for
0: mm-hmm.
1: business leaders and actually for everyone to understand because what the brain states, brain states management is one of our core tools that we teach both in the book and in our workshops. And brain states correlate to The three main regions of the brain that I was talking about earlier, you've got the lower brain or reptilian, which correlates to the threat stress brain state, the limbic region, which correlates to the limbic brain state, and then that prefrontal cortex that we call the higher brain, that correlates to the higher brain state. Now, depending which one of those three brain regions or brain states is dominating in the moment. It has a huge impact on our performance. And here's why. Because perception is not static in the brain. Self-awareness is not static in the brain. And our ability to make conscious choices is highly dependent on our brain state. So in terms of perception, for instance, our perception can range from being really open to really narrow. Our self-awareness can range from having a lot of self-awareness to being virtually non-existent. In fact, with self-awareness, it's, it's sometimes a bit of a paradox. Just when we need self-awareness the most, the brain has the least amount of access to it. And then our choices can range from being very conscious to very unconscious, where it's much more uh, habitual, much more reactive, much more unconscious uh, reactions and choices. Now, our brain state, when we're in the higher brain state, we can be most effective as entrepreneurs. We have the most open perception. We have the highest levels of self-awareness. And we can be the most intentional in our choices. So let's say, for instance, we're we're wanting to build some new clients. That higher brain state is where we can think of possibilities. We can think of and see options and make the conscious choice that, you know what, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to start reaching out to some different people uh, and make that conscious choice. When we're in the limbic brain state, we start to lose capacity. We lose, perception starts to narrow, self-awareness starts to drop, and we lose some of that ability to make conscious choices. And then when that threat stress response brain state, like if we're in a really strong reaction or the defensive brain has really come online really strongly, uh, perception is so limited uh, our choices are extremely unconscious, and we have little to no self-awareness. You know, And think about that. I mean, we've all done things and said things and, and put our foot in our mouth when we've had a strong reaction to something, and then later we, we look back at it and go, Oh, my Lord, what was I thinking? <laughs> that, that was not one of my better moments. And that's the brain. That's the brain working against you. The good news is as business owners and entrepreneurs, you can learn to recognize and manage brain states effectively. This is where, again, from a skill perspective, we can build these skills. And the more we can recognize what brain state we're in and use tools and strategies to engage the higher brain, the more we practice that, the easier actually it becomes to be in the higher brain more of the time. Because we fluctuate in and out of different brain states all day long. So it becomes really important in terms of our overall performance to learn to recognize and manage them very effectively. And in our book, we teach a lot of different strategies to both recognize and Uh, be able to shift brain states. When we realize we're not where we want to
0: be, you know, how do we get back there? Wow, that's fascinating. So Shannon, when you are going through life or when you're watching a movie or something, are you classifying everybody as to what brain state they're in? Are you like, oh, high brain state limbics?
1: (laughs) You know, it's so interesting you mentioned that. I'm, I'm a lot more, both Mary and I are a lot more cognizant of noticing it both in ourselves and with other people which is really helpful because it opens the door for compassion. Mm-hmm. So if we see someone and and they're going into a strong ra- reaction, it opens an avenue to say, "Okay, something has really tripped the defensive brain or there's some unmet unmet need. Something's going on that's driving this strong reaction." So rather than reacting to their reaction, instead, how can I engage compassion and seek to understand and perhaps even help them shift? So it, it becomes really helpful. In fact, there's one of our clients right now, one of the big benefits they've said is that the brain state's management has given their leaders a common language. Are to be interesting. able to talk about brain states to be able to help each other. Uh, one of them shared how they were in a meeting and someone mentioned uh, that their website wasn't as inclusive as it could be in terms of some of the images and different things. And then one of the execs got very defensive. In fact, I think it was the CEO and said, you know, we put a lot of money into that website. We put a lot of time into that website. And one of the other execs was able to, in a very just perfectly suited for the moment manner, remind them in, in a, and they did it in a gentle, somewhat humorous way, oh, remember that higher brain, <laughs> and, and they were, given their style, they were able to bring it in as a bit of a joke, and it was enough for the CEO to go, oh, my gosh, you're right, I was going right into a reaction, let me, let me pause and regroup here, and let's talk through this. So they have found that it's equipped people with a common language, not only to help themselves, but to help each other.
0: That's a great example. Thank you. Do you have tips for us as business owners or leaders on how we can be more inclusive and help our employees be more inclusive? Yeah, some
1: different, you know, there's of course lots of different ones that we teach and and also talk about. Uh, One of the big ones that, It ties back to brain states management that we were just talking about, is we have to be in the higher brain to be inclusive. If you map out all of the competencies that you would want yourself or your employees to exhibit to be inclusive, and also you could also map out all the effective leadership competencies and so forth, they all map to the higher brain. So the first piece is really learning to recognize and manage brain states because in the higher brain is where we can make conscious choices about our behaviors uh, to be inclusive. The other piece we can do as leaders is to help not only ourselves but the people that we work with understand and learn from each other. You know, we all have blind spots. We all have things that we don't know we don't know. We all have biases, and we can help each other so that if, let's say, I have an employee that I see says something or does something that I feel like has a bias or is making an assumption or it has a negative impact, that then we can have a conversation about that and say, you know, I don't know if you... Realize when you said da 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 da, it re- I don't think it came across the way you were intending. And here's what happened. And, you know, have those conversations with each other. Or as a leader, I always tell anyone that I work with if I ever do anything or say anything that, that causes any discomfort or comes across, you know, with any kind of negative impact, please tell me so that we can have those conversations and we can learn from each other effectively. One of the things that we do too is we teach people how to have those conversations in a brain-friendly way Uh, because often even having those conversations is enough to trigger the defensive brain, which is why those conversations often don't go well or why difficult conversations of any kind often don't go well is because they really can trip that defensive brain so quickly and then communication is not effective. So that's another piece that um, business owners and leaders can also learn how to have those conversations in a way that keeps the higher brain online
0: and people can really learn from each other. Wow. So many great tips. Thank you. It sounds like a lot of it really starts with awareness and, um, you've, you've given us the very beginnings of that today. So I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, Shannon, we are unfortunately almost out of time. So I just have to ask you, what else do you want to leave us with?
1: Oh, I wish we had a whole day. There'd be so much uh, because there's so much we can do. And I think that's what I want to leave people with is we can do it differently now. We can work in helping the brain create a bigger we. We can help the brain override those dynamics that can block us from being as inclusive as we want to be. And in the process of practicing the skills and tools, this is where neuroplasticity absolutely works for us. The more we practice the skills and tools, the more we actually build the brain's capacity to be inclusive. So we can actually intentionally create a brain that's more capable of compassion and kindness and caring and being able to extend that across differences regardless of what the difference may be. Uh, And I think that's tremendously
0: hopeful and something that the world really needs. Absolutely. The world needs a lot more of that. So thank you for all the good work that you're doing. And um, Shannon, as you said, there's so much more that we could talk about and that obviously you can teach about. How can people learn more? How can people work with you?
1: A couple different ways. One is our book that you had mentioned, Neuroscience of Inclusion, New Skills for New Times, that is available on Amazon. And that lays out a lot more in depth the different brain dynamics that I've been talking about and then gets into in depth the skills and strategies of, okay, here's what you can do here's how you can work with it and be a lot more effective and then of course we love to work with organizations and leaders and help them through our our training and
0: consulting as well so that would be another option oh fantastic well on the show notes page i will definitely put your website and all your contact information so people can find you easily well thank you i appreciate that absolutely it was such a pleasure having you here on the show today shannon it's absolutely fascinating work thank you for doing it uh thanks for being here with us
1: oh thank you so much ellen for the opportunity and really appreciate your time and appreciate the time of
0: all the entrepreneurs and wish all of you best of luck in your business success wonderful thank you thanks shannon thanks everybody for listening my guest was shannon murphy robinson You can find out more about her work, get links to her website and social media pages on our website, ellenbarton.com. Please check that out and tune in again next week for another episode of the podcast that's designed to help your business make a dynamic upward pivot. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com, where you'll find daily inspiration. Links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, set, grit. Inspired actions, real results.